Joseph, amen. And uh, today is September the 27th, 2019. It's 9.02 in the morning. And uh, we just wait a few minutes or a minute or so here and we'll get started with some prayer, amen. I see some people that I know, Sylvia Cisneros, um, Millie Sides, praise God, Millie Sides Gray. His, his young sisters are married now, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's start with some prayer, amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for this precious day, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for the sons and daughters that are partaking today, partaking of the bread of life, amen. You've got bread, Father God, that we can eat that will never go hungry, glory to God. And that bread of life is Jesus Christ, that bread of Zoe, amen, God's life. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that we stand here, I stand here in your presence, Father, in front of your people, Lord God, proclaiming the kingdom of God, amen, teaching your people the difference, Father, that we might know what is of God, what is not of God, that we might know the light from the darkness, that we might know our soul from our spirit, amen, and where, what the distinction is. I thank you, Lord God, for this tremendous opportunity, Father. I thank you for those that are partaking today. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit this morning, Lord. I thank you, Father, for those that are partaking now and will partake in the future, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, um, I wanted to start out by talking. Uh, obviously, today we're going to be talking on part two of correction and how he does this, why, who he corrects, who does the correction, and the purpose. What is the purpose behind all this? But before I get into that, I wanted to announce again that uh, next week we'll be in McDaniel, Kentucky, performing an apostolic campaign. And uh, I'm going to give some examples of that towards the end of the broadcast of some campaigns that were uh, brought forth to rid the land or to destroy the idolatry in the land, right? And uh, that was always the first thing with these uh, sons that went out there performing the work of the Lord. They, they had to destroy the idolatry. They had to destroy the focus of where the people were at, and they were obviously away from God. And so... We're going to get into the word here now, and and uh, like I said, we'll be in McDaniel, Kentucky, and I don't necessarily know the uh, location or the times, but if anyone's interested, you can email me, and I'll post my email up for all you that want to have that. So give me a second here. And uh, like I said, we're just uh, we're going up there to perform the work of the Lord, amen, and to teach people the difference of the kingdom of God and what is of God and what is not of God. Amen. And there's my email for those that want to, are in that area and are going, you know, would have a, like to have an opportunity to be there. So, <clears throat> so let me post the outline. We're going to, well, let me, let me first, let me get into some things here. So we're talking about correction today, amen, and why God does correct, why he corrects, who he corrects, how he corrects, who corrects. And so on. And uh, there's a scripture right in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5, that we've been using as our foundation. And let me pull that up here. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. Amen. So it says here, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, we ask. My weas, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. Now in verse uh, <clears throat> 3, Hebrews chapter 12, 3, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. Who endured contradiction of sinners? Jesus, right? 
against himself, lest ye be wearied, okay, and faint in your minds. And we talked about that last week, and that there's two things here that you don't want to do. You don't want to faint, and you don't want to, um, you don't want to faint, as it says in verse 5, and you don't want to despise, amen, the chastening of the Lord. So you don't want to faint. Faint is the word that means to loose or to unloose. In other words, to relax your position, amen, on your soul, if you will. And then <clears throat> the word here for wearied is the word kamno. It means to grow weary, you know, to grow tired, to toil, I mean, you know, just struggling, amen. And then the part that I want to get to, it says, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. The word minds here is the word suke, which is the word for soul. Every time we see that word, we understand that we're talking about the totality of the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions, okay? <clears throat> and the reason that's important is because this is the part of us that needs to be corrected. Your spirit man, are, praise God, he's in full alignment with the Lord, amen? Alignment with the Father, amen? And out of your spirit man is where the life of God comes from, the Zoe of God. And that life of God pertains to life and godliness. These are the things that will influence our lives and will give us comprehension, revelation, and understanding. As he says in John 1, 4, in him was Zoe, and the Zoe was the host, the light of man, the comprehension, the revelation, the understanding. <coughs> and the precious thing about this is that this, this life comes out of your spirit, man. It's in every one of us. Amen. But the soul, man, amen, he's the one that has issues, to say the least. And this is the individual, the part of you that needs to be corrected and realigned, re understand what the will of the Lord is, amen, which, which is the word of God, amen. And so when our lives are not in line with the word of God, well, God has to use that word and he has to send someone, a brother or sister, to perform that realignment or that correction, that training. Now, the soul man, he doesn't like this, amen. He doesn't want to be told that he's wrong. He doesn't want to be made right, right? And that's the struggle is that, you see, the things that can happen in the soul is that he can grow weary, right? Verse 3 again, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds, you see? And then in verse 5 it says, and you have forgotten. So the soul forgets. That's why he constantly has to be reminded, exhorted, preached at to trained, taught the way of the Lord, right? As the scripture says about Abraham, I know him. He will command his children, right? Let me pull that one up. He will command his children. Mm. All right, this is Genesis 18:19. Let me pull that up if you want to, but I'm going to read it. Genesis 18, 19. You see, God was on a mission here. He was, there were some angels that were going to inspect the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And God was on an apostolic campaign. He was going to go set some things right, set, set some things in order here. So God, talking about Abraham, verse 18, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, all and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Praise God. For I know him that he will command his children 
and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So God said something about Abraham here. I know him. He's going to work with his sons and daughters. He's going to work with those that, that, that the Lord has set him over, his family, right? And all that he's responsible for, he's going to train individuals. He's going to teach them the way of the Lord. He's going to disciple them. He's going to correct them. But not only that, he'll nourish, he'll encourage, he'll strengthen. You see, it's a, it's a twofold thing, right? So, again, God knew Abraham and that he would command his children. Amen? And so, in, in working with our children, we have to constantly remind them. Amen? Right? You're being selfish. You're not serving with the right attitude. You know, your, your, your motive is you. You're always thinking about you. Right? And the Lord is constantly bringing these things forth because either these are things that are molding and shaping their character to bring them to a place where they exemplify Christ at their age and their stage and where they're at and their maturity. Right? The same way God corrects you and me in the spirit, we correct our sons and daughters. That's how, when I'm talking, when we're talking about correction, well, we're also talking about how we correct our children. Right? And so I'm going to get into some scriptures here now. Some notes here that I've been meditating on and, and uh, understand that this passage and this whole understanding of 1 Corinthians, I mean uh, Hebrews chapter 12 there, well it came from somewhere, amen? It came from Proverbs chapter 3. Let's look at that. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 11 through 13. So he reads here that my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord nor faint when you are rebuked of him. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father in the, the son in whom he delighted. And then he says, happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. So what is the way of the Lord here? What is the Lord saying here? Well, first of all, don't despise the chastening of the Lord, soul man, your soul. Don't be weary of his correction, of his training, his teaching. Understand that he loves you because he's correcting you. And then, happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. So in understanding the way of the Lord and why he corrects you, in that you're gaining wisdom and you're gaining understanding. Amen? You're learning how to come under authority in your soul, man. You're learning how to submit to the word of God to be slow to speak, quick to hear, quick to understand. Amen? You see that? Now, like I said, Hebrews chapter 12, well, it came from somewhere, right? And I want to highlight a verse here in, in uh, talking about this, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11. And where that came from, right? And so there's a scripture in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. Now listen to this, 319. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. In other words, when I correct you, be quick. To turn in your heart, Father, forgive me. And then at the individual that you're talking to, if you've offended him or those that you've offended, right, as wide as your transgression is, is as wide as your confession. So in other words, if you have transgressed in front of many, well, you need to be confessing to them, I'm sorry for offending you and offending the Lord, and so on and so on. You repent. And he says, be zealous, be quick to repent. Don't waste any time in this, in this process, right? Get after it, amen? Quick to, to repent, amen? Now, so the word here, 
uh, to despise. It means to reject or refuse. Okay? So don't refuse God's correction. Don't refuse the way of the Lord. Amen? We love our children and we correct our children. Be times. As soon as they transgress, amen, we get after it. And it's not for me, although I'm happy when my sons obey, right? A wise son makes a glad father. It's for them. It's for their training. It's for their edu education. It's for their building up. Amen? God put me in their lives to help train them and mold them and train and teach them how to be responsible individuals, how to exemplify Christ everywhere they go. Be an example of Christ. That their witness and their testimony of who they are as sons of, sons of God, amen, doesn't get uh, blown. In other words, they don't lose that witness of God. So it says the word chastening here. Chastening means discipline, chastening, correction, reproof, warning, restraint. Restraining them, holding them back. You know, sometimes my sons come at me with some ideas, right? Sometimes it's an idea of how to make money and stuff. Well, I'm, I, I, I don't necessarily tell them to try to control them, you know, hey, this is not the right line of thinking. I, 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 I hold them back, right? I restrain them a little, right? And then in the timing, in the right time, when I know and I believe by the Lord and by the word and he's confirmed his word, if they're ready, then I can release them. But right now they're, they're in that mind mold of restraint. And so are we, sons of God, daughters of God. And that God is holding us back until the time that he wants to reveal you. And he'll, until the time that he takes the veil off. Now, son, this is the work that I have for you. Amen? And this is how I want you to do it. And this is, this is how I'm going to provide you and how I'll bring it to you, etc. And then the word correct is to, to judge, justify, or convict. Right? To prove, to decide, to judge, to rebuke, to reprove, to correct, to be right. In other words, to make right. You're wrong in your mindset and your thinking where that thought and idea and impression is coming from. Therefore, I'm coming to you with the word of the Lord, by the Spirit of the Lord, by the Spirit of God, to bring this realignment to your life. So that you're falling in line with God, right? Blessed are the peacemakers, for these are the children of God. These are the fully matured. That's what we do as sons and daughters of God, a priest of God. We serve the people, we serve the Lord, we serve one another, amen? Now, the wisdom, the way of the Lord, the wisdom, the word wisdom here, as he says there in, in uh, 13, verse 13, it says that happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that gets understanding. Well, this word wisdom is the word chakma, all right? C-H-O-K-M-A-H, and it means wisdom in war, in administration, being shrewd, shrewd and making proper decisions, just, in other words, you know, cons consider decisions that are wise, all right, being ethical, right, and uh, skillful wisdom, right, in, in a godly sense. Now, I read this in Revelation 3, 19 through 22, but I'm going to read 20 and 20 through 22 as well. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Quick to repent, right? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. What's the door? The door is your heart. When he's coming at you, amen, when he's bringing that correction, he's right there. Joseph? Joseph? And if you may hear that voice and open the door, in other words, receive that correction, 
receive the Lord, receive what he's trying to bring to you, he's going to come to him. And I will sup with him. I'm going to be a part of his life, and he's going to be a part of my life. I and you and you and me. Amen. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, right? To him that overcometh will I grant to sit. Amen. With me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and, and am set down with my father in his throne. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Not the buildings. The churches. You are the church, body of Christ. Me and you are the bride of Christ. We're the ones that make up right, the corporate body of Christ. Not the building. The people. Amen? This is where God dwells. A tabernacle not made with hands. Made by the Lord. Amen? Now the word rebuke here again is to, to refute, to convict, to chasten, to punish, to, to reprehend severely. And I've had to do that as a father. And I'm sure many of you have. And again, you know, taught, I mean, uh, corrected again is the word as you train a child, you educate them. All right? Now, uh, Job 5.17, listen to this one. Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. And because you've endured the correction and the chastening, the purpose of God, in other words, to get you to that place where you're able to receive the Lord, amen, and thou shalt know that thy tabernacle shall be in peace. Verse Job 5.24. And there's several passages in between that, right? But in all of them talking about because you went through this and you've allowed the Lord to train you and discipline you, look, what, look at the promise of God here, man. Look at the results of being humble, amen, before the Lord and, and receiving the Lord. Thou shalt know that thy tabernacle shall be in peace, and thou shalt visit thy habitation and shall not sin, praise God. Thou shalt know also that thy seed shall be great, and thine offspring is the grass of the earth, amen. Thou shalt come to thy grave in full age, completed in your purpose in the earth, amen. Like as a shock of corn cometh in the season, glory to God. Lo, this we have searched it, and so it is. Hear it and know that thou that know thou it for thy good. Amen. Look how precious that is. Know thou that it's for your good. It's not for your destruction, amen. Now, take a look at this in uh, James 1:12. Amen. And all these scriptures are, we're talking about correction, we're talking about the results of correction, amen. What happens after we're corrected? All right. Be quick to repent, amen. Verse 12, James 1, 12. <clears throat> <clears throat> Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Right? As he said in Revelation earlier, to him that overcometh. Amen? Now this crown of life, the word life there is the word Zoe, God's life. In other words, because we've endured chastening as good sons, we've, we've went through the training, and we're, continue going, we're continuously enduring and not fainting, and, right, and not despising, and not be weary, not grow tired, right, of the way of the Lord, then 
as he says here, when you endure it and you're tried, you're going to receive the crown of Zoe. These are the things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen. This is the result of your life being acknowledged by the Lord. Amen. Honor, promotion, favor, prosperity. As he says in, in his word that, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. As your soul is being trained and brought under, amen, under the Lord, amen, under his authority. Now he can utilize you as a tool. But not only that, you receive the crown of Zoe. Amen. This is one of the things that pertain to life and godliness, the crown of Zoe. You and I will be acknowledged by the Father and his angels. And guess what? The demonic as well. As well. They'll know you because you know the Lord. Luke 12, 8. Listen to this. And I also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before man, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. Amen. And what are they? What is he confessing to the angels? He's confessing his word to them. He's telling them the words that are coming out of your mouth and your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Amen. The word that they move on, they're, they're, it's being acknowledged. Amen. They're, they're hearing those promises that are coming out of your mouth, and they're busy about the Lord. Amen. Busy about the way of God. Angels of God ascending and descending on the throne of, on the Son of God, amen? Because our hearts are submitted and we went through training, we went through discipline, we've been corrected, amen? God is able to use and utilize your voice in the earth, amen? And he's able to move on those words that are coming out of your mouth, the words of faith which we preach, and the angels of God hearkening to the voice of the Lord. Where is the voice of the Lord? It's in your mouth, amen? And that voice in your mouth and in your spirit, amen, you come forth out of your spirit with the Zoe, with the life of God, and they move on this. But he that denieth me before man shall be denied before the angels of God. If you reject the Lord, if you deny the Lord in his way, then God, Jesus said, you're going to be denied before the Father. You're wasting your time. Don't even come before me, man. You're dirty. You're sullied. S-U-L-L-I-E-D. You're dirty, man. You're foul before the Lord. He can't even not acknowledge you. Matthew 10, 32 and 33, this is another passage, the same, same subject here. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before man, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever will deny me before man, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. I want the witness of God, amen. I want I want Jesus to say, Father, I acknowledge Joseph, amen. Acknowledge Joseph, amen. Acknowledge his words, amen. Angels of God, acknowledge the words of Joseph, amen. Acknowledge these words that are coming out of his mouth. He's witnessing, he's testifying of me in the earth, amen. He's witnessing with power, amen, to be a witness, amen, in the earth. He's representing me, Father, in the earth, amen. Hmm. Mark chapter 8, verse 37, 38. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, if you don't seek to lose it, you won't find it. If you don't seek to lose it, but not always trying to justify yourself and always trying to cover your own soul, just like Adam and Eve did with fig leaves and aprons, 
aprons when God said, Adam, Adam, where are you? He was coming to inspect. He was coming to see what was going on. And he was aware that they were aware of themselves. They lost the covering, amen. They went out from under authority, and look what happened. You're on your own now. You've died. You spiritually pulled back the life of God, and they no longer have the breath of God in their spirit. Now I've got to, I've got to do this another way. From for the Lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world, I was thinking about that. Well, how was Jesus slain from the land, from the foundation? Jesus said, "Search the Scriptures, for they testify of Me." What He was saying was, is that the Lamb was slain so that you could have these coats. Blood had to be shed, amen, to cover the sin. Mm. And it was prophesying of Jesus Christ, amen, one day coming to lay down his suitcase first, his soul, and then to the cross to die in his body. Mm. Now, this word confess here, it's a beautiful word, exomologia. Amen? And it means... Um, to acknowledge by implication to assent, to agree fully. So him will I acknowledge, him will I confess, him will I profess, he will not acknowledge openly and joyfully to one's honor to celebrate, to give praise to, to profess that one will do something to promise to agree to engage. Because you have, Joseph, because you have sons of God, daughters of God, I will profess you before my Father and the angels of God. Amen. Man, this is the crown of joy, Zoe, just like Jesus. This is my beloved Weos in whom I'm well pleased. I openly acknowledged him, honored him, favored him, promoted him, brought him up because he was humble. Amen. Learn of me, Jesus said. I am meek and lowly. Now I'm going to read through this. This is James 1.12. I want to read that again, but this time I'm going to follow it up with the remaining scriptures there behind it. Ooh, man, praise God. James 1, 12 through, 1, through 17. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, right? For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of Zoe, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say that when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man with evil. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Same principle, right? As soon as you come out from the word and do your own thing, God's not with you there. <laughs> do not err, my beloved brethren. Uh, in other words, he's saying understand the way of the Lord here. Don't be in error. Don't go off on your own outside of God's word. And if you don't know God's word, find God's word. Listen to these videos, praise God. Listen to those that have the word of the Lord in their hearts and in their mouths. That word of faith which we preach. Listen to those that know how to give a word in season. Amen. To those that are weary and tired and worn out. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. With whom is no bearable, bearableness, neither shadow of turning. The good gift is the way of life. It's the way of Zoe. It's correction. It's being disciplined and trained. It is the way of life, but also exhorting, encouraging, building up, strengthening. Amen. Hand in hand. Amen. Acknowledging as the Lord acknowledges. Amen. 
And in James 1.18, it says, Of his own will begat he is he us with the word of truth. That word of truth that's coming forth, that's bringing realignment and correction, that word is what's bringing us forth, moving us up, resurrecting us, amen? That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Work for my beloved brethren. Be, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. You see that? When you get corrected, don't be quick to speak. Be here quickly, slow speaking, and slow to get upset. How many of us have gotten upset when we get corrected by the Lord? As God uses someone, we don't like the way they did it. We don't like their operation. Therefore, we reject it, right? See that you refuse not the Lord, as he says in, in Hebrews 12 there. Hebrews 12 on down. Let me read that. Let me read that one. I think it's 28, but hang on. See that you refuse not, amen. Mm. Mm. Verse 25. Hebrews 12, 25. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape, shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. This is the way of the Lord. He's speaking to us out of our spirit, man. He's speaking to us out of our brothers and sisters and their spirit. Because see, the motive, right? What is the motive? Why am I correcting? Why am I training my children? I want them to be like Jesus. I want them to be Christ-like Christians. It's the same thing you for you and I because beyond that, there's another step. Amen. This is the this is the stage to get you to the next step. And the next step, and so on and so on and so on. Here little, there little. Right? So receive that seed of the word of God that will save your souls and bring forth the character of Jesus Christ. Now watch this, James 1:21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. And receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. When you got born again, brothers and sisters, it wasn't your spirit. I mean, it wasn't your soul that got saved. Right? It was your spirit, man. He received that life of God. All of a sudden, boy, you've got a new inspiration, Lord God. You've got something else driving you. You've got the Holy Ghost quickening you, showing you, teaching you. As he lights on that word, as you're reading the scriptures, you're praying. As people are, people are coming into your mind, amen, and you're, and you're seeing people and you start praying for these brothers and sisters, your loved ones, you start bringing forth the word of the Lord. You start bringing forth the words of life. And because you're acknowledging Jesus, he's acknowledging you before the Father and before his angels. Those angels are moving back and forth on your behalf, on the behalf of those that you're lifting up in prayer, on your family, in your workplaces, everywhere we go, bringing dominion. The kingdom of God that's in our hearts. Mm. So he goes on here looking unto the perfect law of liberty. That's why we, we constantly have to look at this thing. We got to be trained and constantly be corrected and shown the way of the Lord so that we can see, amen, the law of liberty. We can see it always, see it in front of our face because he being a forgetful, right? 
But whoso looketh, verse 25, into that perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work which is the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen? And if any man among you seems to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. The sign of maturity is that you're bridling your tongue. Amen? You're not so quick to speak. Amen? You don't think you have something to say. And even if you don't say what, 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 what you're moving in, what your heart wants to come forth with, it does mean that it wasn't God for you. You've got to measure what, you know, is this voice just for me? Is this voice for this group or what? You've got to measure this thing. So the word visit, the fatherless and the widows, right? Look at that. <clears throat> so here we are, we're getting trained up in the Lord. Why, right? Why is the heart of the father turned to the children? Why is God's heart turned to you? Because now he knows you're going to turn your heart to his children, to those that are fatherless and to those that are widows out there uncovered in the spirit. You're going to bring them the word of the Lord. You're going to teach them. You're going to train them. And you're going to cover them in the spirit. You're going to bring the covering of God, the protection of God. Amen? And the word, like I said, visit is the word episkeptomaiai, skeptic. You look at them. You look, you, you don't just, you know, it's not just giving them things that they need like food and clothing and shelter and all these things, but you're also looking at their lives and how they conduct themselves. You're examining with your eyes. You're inspecting, right? You're visiting them. You're praying for them. You're, you're, you're helping them. You're benefiting them. You're encouraging them. You're strengthening them. You're bringing the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. You're doing the will of God in the earth. Amen? And this is something that you and I, sons of God and daughters of God, do everywhere we go. It's not just a one-time thing. I go to these, uh, you know, I go visit these um, uh, these homes, right, for the elderly or for the sick or at or those that are in prison, etc. It's all that, yes, and everywhere we go in our workplaces and, and people that we meet in the stores and bringing them life, amen, the words of life, bringing them Jesus. Hmm. All right, but now I want to get in, now I want to start with the outline, amen, and uh, let me post the outline up for you guys, amen. Praise God. Hmm, so... Why, why is God, why is he, uh, like I said, why is he training you? Why is he correcting you? I'm on section four here. Because if we're not corrected and exhorted, nourished, trained, chastised, reproved, warned, instructed, disciple in charge, you cannot be, you won't be his disciple. You won't be there when God needs you to be there. You're going to represent yourself. You're going to save your soul rather than die to your soul. And, and God, like I said, we have to be at that place where it's all God, it's God or nothing. <laughs> the word or nothing. The word, amen. The word, the word must be final authority. You know? We can't be looking for ways to go outside of the word of God. <laughs> I remember I knew an individual and he's talking about he's going to rewrite the Bible because the word for fornication and uh, wasn't the right word. Or, or actually, I think it was the word that he was talking about um, adultery didn't actually mean what it meant. Really? And uh, I don't know if he was kidding or not, but he was pretty, he was kind of emphatic, so I'm 
like I said, of course, I gave him the word, and man, I'm not going to sit there and listen to that foolishness. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway, so again, you want to be able to serve with the right attitude. You're not going to warfare the way God needs us to warfare. And this warfare is not about weapons, right? Man-made weapons. We're talking about in the spirit. We're talking about thoughts and seeds, philosophies and views, corrupted seeds that are in our hearts and in our minds that must be rooted out, right? It was prophesied of Jesus the axe must be laid to the root. That axe is Jesus Christ, and he's going to go right to the center and the core of the problem, which is the root of the problem. This is mankind's problem, the root of all evil. When you make a choice for yourself outside of God, that, that's the issue right there. And he wants us to live out of our spirit, man. It's not that he doesn't want you to be inspired, right, and driven. He wants you and I to come forth out of our spirit, man, and out of our soul. Out of our spirit, not out of our soul. Because our soul is, like I said, if we haven't been trained and dealt with by the Lord, that soul man can go off in any, in any given time and seek his own will. Wow. So you cannot correct, exhort, nurse, train, chastise, reprove, warn, instruct, perform the discipleship, make a military expedition. You won't be part of a campaign to do the will of God on the earth. You cannot lead soldiers after the spirit. You can't do any of these as a carnal man or woman of God. A carnal man or woman of God is always thinking about themselves first. You see? And who does God correct? Why is he correcting you? Why? Well, because he loves you. He loves me. So those whose character God is a loving father shapes by chastisement. He corrects as unto children, as unto sons. We are fully matured. And like I said, there's a difference in how you correct, right? In the stages, napios patiam technon, weos pater, right? You're not going to treat a baby the way you would, would treat an adult as far as the correction goes. So we have to understand that about the way of God. Now, so I'm going to skip on down here because, uh, let's see here. I got some time. So they forgot the exhortation, right? We cannot forget, right, him that's speaking to us. We must acknowledge the Lord, amen? It's not the people, it's the Lord. As Brother Randy shared in, in, in these meetings um, that, that we had in October, and that we thought he was talking to us when the word of the Lord came forth, and you're going to go forth, you know, and, and uh, be a prophet of God, right? And, and, and pull down all the, pull down all the uh, idolatry and stuff. We thought he was talking to us. He was talking to Christ in us. It's Christ in us that's performing the work. Amen. He's the one by the Holy Spirit. Amen. That is bringing us to that place where, we're, where we are obedient to the will of God. You see? It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's, it's, it's bringing us forth in Christ. I'm going to post this uh, playlist. But like I said, we're talking about Jesus, amen. All this is about Jesus Christ, amen. He is the one that is Lord of all, amen. The kingdom, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All this has been given to Jesus Christ, amen. He is the head of the church. He's the Lord of all, amen. And all this for the glory of God, amen, the Father. Now, 
Let's go on down here. They forgot the exhortation. I covered that quite a bit, pretty sure. So let's hear. Let's go down a little bit. All right. Mm. So again, I start. I mentioned earlier about the campaign, right? The campaign of God and 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 the apostolic campaign. Apostolic is to set in order, right? Those that are things that are lacking, wanting to come in behind it, and. Not only that, when the order is being established in our lives, God is acknowledging the graces in our lives, the gifts, the talents, and the abilities. And, and a lot of these come by, by that apostolic anointing. God allows us to see these things in one another to bring it forth, to begin to develop these things. And uh, again, the ministry of the apostolic career is the same as a father with his children in the natural and I read this last week, and I'm going to highlight it again, that the fatherhood principle, right, the way of the kingdom of God versus the mentor principle, which is in the Babylonian system. So you got the kingdom of God, you got Babylon. They do it this way, we do it this way. And so Paul, like I said, he, was in, he says that he imparted forth the gospel and the soul and his own soul to these Thessalonians. It takes time to impart these things, to correct, to exhort, to nourish, to train, to chastise, to reprove, to warn, to instruct, to disciple, and to charge the sons of God and daughters of God. One imparting the fatherhood of God must lay down his own soul, even as Jesus did with the dearly beloved disciples. And guess what? Working with these disciples, as Jesus did, was an apostolic campaign, right? And again, campaign, right? What is the word definition for campaign? Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. <clears throat> campaign, right? Camp. Just the basic definition. Campaign is a series of military operations intended to achieve a particular objective confined to a particular area of involving a specific type of fighting. Well, what are we talking about here? The fighting that we're talking about is organizing and uh, working and organizing in an active way toward a particular goal. Typically, in the, in the world, it's going to be a political or social, but we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about getting to the root of the problem, which is demonic, right? We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are the forces that have come against humanity. And when Jesus came here on the earth, that's exactly what he did. He, he dominated in the spirit, all this realm of the spirit. So much so that they acknowledged him and said, we know who you are. And he told them to shut up, devils. You see? And even so, we have authority, amen, to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the doomless of the devil, Jesus said. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Praise God. So, again, the father that is after the fatherhood principle in doing it after the way of the Lord, which is to lay down his own soul, even as Jesus did with his dearly beloved disciples. Paul and those that worked with him were affection, affectionately desirous and willing to impart to the sons and daughters of God the gospel and even their own suke, their own soul. For the vision of God, amen. So the word willing there, willing to train the sons of God is to approve, to approbate, approbate. Recognize the good qualities in those that are being discipled or raised as sons and daughters. The ground was good, right? Jeremiah 4, 3 through 4 talks about sow not among thorns. 
So don't sow on ground that's crusted, as Jesus taught us, right? But sow it, sow it the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, such as hear the word, receive with gladness. And he talked about the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke that word. Understanding the ground that you're sowing into, amen, that the heart is ready, novulating, ready to receive that word of God that might bring forth Christ. Amen? But mentorship is the Babylonian way, the system of the fatherhood principle. The system, the Babylonian is mentor. And the issue that I, that, 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 that the problem with that is that, is that you hear it everywhere, first of all in the world for sure. But mentor, right, was a Greek mythology figure. A mentor trained one of the sons, his name was Ulysses, right? He trained him, educated him, math, English, you know, history, etc. But not only that, he had a relationship with his son, with this son that was a son of another father. And that was that was normal for them. Well, it's not normal in the kingdom of God, amen. And God's way is the fatherhood principle. The problem is that as a mentor, it's not the, to the glory of God, but to the glory of that man's self. Mentors preach, but they will not correct, exhort, train, nourish, chastise, reprove, warn, instruct, and charge the sons of God. Fathers will correct. They will exhort. They will nourish, train, chastise, reprove, warn, instruct, disciple, and charge the sons of God because they have been distributed this mandate by Zoe, by the life of God. This is what we do as sons of God and daughters of God. Amen. We make disciples, amen? Nursing fathers, nursing mothers, amen? And again, you cannot distribute what you have not received from the Lord, the law of distribution, right? First Corinthians 10, 12 through 13. And John, in John 3, 27, John says, answered and said, a man can receive nothing except he be given him from heaven. And how is it given by heaven? I'm gonna tell you how. You spend time in the presence of God, amen? You receive the life of God, amen. You're not seeking your own vision, your own dreams, your own desires. You're seeking the will of the Father, amen. And and, and through line upon line and here little, there little, he begins to impart that life of God to give you the understanding of what you need to be focused on and what you need to be caring about in this earth. Because he wants you to move with his heart, amen. After his likeness, after his desire. And once he knows that you can do that as a son or daughter of God now, he can begin to impart that to you, sons and daughters of God. And what we do is that a, a father will always lay down his own soul because he follows Jesus. He is willing to give up his own soul. First Thessalonians 2.8, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not only the gospel, but also our own souls because you were dear to us. The word warfare here, Contending with the carnal inclinations in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 is to make a military expedition to lead soldiers to battle. Now, uh, okay. sons and daughters of God are being corrected, exhorted, nourished, trained, chastised, reproved, warned, instructed, discipled, and charged. And they're learning how to serve, amen, with the right attitude, how to function as a good soldier, how to make military expedition, how to lead soldiers to battle, how to mili perform military duties, how to be on active service to fight the good fight of faith so that they may please him who has chosen him to be a good soldier. 
always ready to give an answer for the hope that is in him or her. That's 1 Peter 3.15. And the things that thou hast heard of me, Paul said, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. This is what we're doing. We're extending the kingdom of God as one son of God, a daughter of God is coming into the kingdom of God. God give me men is the, is the work of God that God began in Brother Randy years and years and years and years and years ago. Because the condition of our nation and the fathers were out of control. They weren't raising sons. They weren't raising daughters. Not, not to mention in the spirit, but also in the natural. Look at what happens to society when sons and daughters are not being trained up properly. In the natural and in the spiritual. Oh, man. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth themselves with the affairs of this bios, is the word there, life, livelihood, what your livelihood is, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a good soldier. In other words, the bios is not the word dictating your life. It's the life of God, the zoe, that's dictating to you. And bringing forth those desires. And when you, and when you hear of an apostolic campaign that God is staging up, you're in, man. You don't have to sit there and think twice about it. You deny yourself, you take up your cross and follow him. And you do your part. And you don't break rank. And what is this apostolic career, man? What, what you know, you, you hear all these crazy things that are going on out there, right? You know, they're, they're laying hands and bringing forth the apostolic or the prophetic or the shepherd or the, or the um, evangelistic or the teacher. All those things came from Jesus Christ. They, didn't, they don't come through man. Uh, let me just tell you that right now. And so, and what are we doing? We're reconciling all back to, to God our Father. I want to read this in 2, Corinthians, 2 Chronicles 15, 1 through 9. This is so precious, amen? 2 Chronicles 15, 1 through 9. And this is an example of an apostolic campaign. Boy, this is so precious. Amen. Amen. Here we go. And the Spirit of God came upon Az Azariah, the son of Obed. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Him will my father honor, you see, angels of God. I'll acknowledge you before the angels and before my father. Well, he's telling him you're being acknowledged by the Lord. Now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. Amen. And when they were in trouble and when they in their trouble did turn to the Lord God of Israel, to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of him, of them. And in those times, there, were, there was no peace to him that went out or to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the country. Now this is given, well, let me finish reading. And nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. See, God at this time wasn't their covering. Not this time that the prophet is reading this to him, because he's speaking something of, because of what they've done. And what they did is they went through all, all the nation of Israel and destroyed the idolatry and the false worship and brought them back to the Lord. So, and he's giving, he's, he's telling them for this long season, 
They were without the true God and without a teaching priest. But now because you've turned to the Lord, God has turned to you. So he told them, verse 7, Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your, reward, your work shall be rewarded. This work that you've been performing of going out through the land, destroying the idolatry, tearing out all the, 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 the idols and the imagery of false worship, teaching them how to worship the true God, teaching them the way of God, teaching them the kingdom of God principles, teaching them about correction, teaching them about uh, nourishing them, strengthening them, right, building them up, bringing them back to that place, bringing the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. This work, he's saying, be ye strong, therefore, and let, your, let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard the words of the prophecy of Obed, the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of those cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Amen. He put back the first things first. I've got to get you back in that place where you understand that the Lord is number one. That altar of God, your heart before the Lord, that you stand in the presence of God representing God. That's where you need to be. But when you get out of that place and you're not no longer serving the Lord in that altar in your heart, then therefore you, God won't be with you. Amen? And they said, well, look what he did. He gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon, for they fell to him out of Israel in abundance. When they saw that the Lord was, God was with him. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month in the fifteenth year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought seven hundred oxen and seven thousand sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord their God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. And whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death. Whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with the shouting with the trumpets and the cornets. Here we go. An apostolic campaign. Asa gathered the men of Israel because they saw that the Lord was with them and they went out to destroy all the idolatry in the land and set back up the altar of the Lord, their heart. Put God first things first in your heart. Set this apostolic campaign to let the people and teach the people how and understand that I must be first in their lives. This is why the apostles had to come first. They had to set in order the things that were lacking, wanting to come in behind. They didn't know that's what they were doing, but that's what they were doing by the Holy Ghost. Amen? They started getting clarity on it. As things started becoming clear, they started seeing the pattern of the Lord. Then they started understanding. And then they started teaching us through the Word of God how God is doing this. And you are built upon the foundation of of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Amen. Now, let's take a look at another one. Second Chronicles 34. Amen. Second Chronicles 34. Praise God. Second Chronicles 34. I'm going to read this again. This is another example of an apostolic campaign. Amen. 
Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years, thirty-one years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to go to the right hand nor to the left. In other words, he stayed on point and on purpose. For in the eighth year of his reign, so if he started with an eight, and he's eight now of his reign, that means he was 16 years old. He, while he was young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and all the carved images and all the molten images. So he must have been about 22 then. And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence and the images that were on that were on high above them. He cut down and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. He break in pieces and made dust of them and strode it upon the graves of them that sacrificed unto them. And he burnt the bones of the priest upon their altars and he cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. So he did in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, Simeon, Naphtali, with their mattocks round about. And when he had broken down the altars and the groves and had beaten the graven images into powder and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Now, in the 18th year of his reign, when he purged, when he had purged the land and the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, in Maaseah, the governor of the city of Joah, and, no, I'm sorry, the governor of the city and Joel, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord. Amen. Now, because the idolatry has been removed, now let's go repair the house of the Lord. Again, who is the house of the Lord? The people are. Who are we teaching? Amen. Who, who needs to be taught the way of the Lord? Amen. Who needs to be brought back to the way of the Lord? Amen. But those that are... Um, Heart of the fathers to the children and the disobedient. In other words, those that are out of order and they don't understand that they're out of order because they've been serving in Babylon under this Babylonian system for so long, worshiping things they don't even know what they're worshiping. So when they came to Hilkah the high priest, they delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, so they were all willing to distribute, amen, of their part into the house of God, which the Levites that kept the doors had gathered of the land of Manasseh and Ephraim. And of all the remnant of Israel, and of all of Judah and Benjamin, and they returned to Jerusalem. And they put it in the hand of the workmen that had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they gave it to the workmen that wrought it wrought in the house of the Lord to repair and amend the house. Amen. To strengthen it, man. Even to the artificers and the builders they gave gave they it to buy hewn stone and timber and couplings and to floor the houses which the kings of Judah had destroyed. And the men did the work faithfully, and the work and the overseers, and of them that were Jahath and Obadiah and the Levites of the sons of Merari and Zechariah and Meshullam of the sons of the Kohites to set it forward, and the other of the Levites of all that could skill in the instruments of music. And they were over and they were over the bearers of the burdens, and their overseers of all that wrought the work of any manner of service. And of the Levites, they were scribes and officers and porters. Amen. And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkah the priest, here it is, found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. <laughs> they found the book of the law of the Lord. All the idolatry had been taken out of the way. 
They began to build back the altar of the Lord, the house of the Lord. Bring back that place of worship, amen, the true God. And then because of all this and all the work that the, all these individuals were doing and all the people were giving faithfully and serving because they saw the work of the Lord, amen, they were able to commit to God. They were able to understand that this, this, all this finance and all these things that were given in our time are not going to be misappropriated. And Hilkah answered and said to Shaphan, verse 15, he had said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkah delivered the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan carried the book to the king and brought the king the word back, saying, All that has committed, that was committed to thy servants, they do it. Amen. And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord, and they have delivered it to the hand of the overseers and to the hand of the workmen. And Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkah, the high priest, has given me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. Years and years and years and years they hadn't heard the word of the Lord, amen? And it came to pass, and the king had heard the words of the law, that he rent his clothes, amen? He was quick to repent when he saw the word of the Lord and heard the word of the Lord and was corrected. And the king commanded Hilkah and Ahakim, the son of Shaphan, and Ab Abdon, the son of Micah, and Shaphan, the scribe, and Isaiah, the servant of the king, saying, Go inquire the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured upon us, because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written. And as it goes on to say that, verse 22, And Hilkah and they that the king had appointed went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalem, the son of Tikvah, the son of Hashra, the keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they spake to her to that effect. And she answered them, saying, Thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, tell ye the man that sent you to me. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants. Therefore all the curses that are written in this book, which ye have read before the king of Judah, because ye have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods, in other words, she was given the prophecy because they turned away from the Lord, I'm turned away from them. And as you read on later on, Josiah died and Jeremiah wept because of that. And he was a great king. I mean, he served God with all his heart. He destroyed the land of idolatry. He performed an apostolic campaign. Amen. And this took years and years and years. But he removed the idolatry from Israel. Amen. And the thing about all this is establishing this altar, right? Establishing the revelation of who Jesus Christ is in our lives. He, he's not just a Savior. He's our Lord. Everything that we're involved in regarding the kingdom of God is about Jesus Christ in our lives. He must be number one and first in our lives in everything that we do. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people are ruined because they don't know what is right or true. And because you've turned your back on knowledge, I've turned my back on my priest. Because you refuse to recognize the revelation of God, I'm no longer rec recognizing your children. In other words, everything that you produced is not of me, and I'm not going to acknowledge it or recognize it. So we understand here now that the purpose of God, amen, and bringing correction to us is to get us ready for his work. But not only that, for us to be the witnesses of God through all over, throughout this nation, throughout this world. Power to be witnesses, amen. Praise God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to come before your people and stand here, Lord God, and bring them the way of the Lord. Teach the people 
Teach them the way of the Lord. Teach them what is God, what is not of God, what is light, what is death, what is spirit, what is soul. Amen. What is the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Father. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that you're training us and raising us up, Father God. And I thank you, Lord God, for all these precious people that have partaken today and those that will partake in the future, Father. I bless you, Lord God, for training and teaching us, Father. We give you praise and we acknowledge you, Lord God, in all of our lives. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Your majesty. We declare your majesty. We proclaim. 